This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to the second to last edition of Just for Kicks for this season. Uh, we're going to be talking Europa Conference League final and looking ahead for the Champions League final, looking back at the World Cup. We're going to look at some local football and we will continue what is going to be part two of our assessment of the season's campaigns for, for the uh, clubs in the second half of the alphabet. Uh, my, alphabet, my alphabet. I don't know the alphabet. Um, and our three pundits today, we have Azran Rosane. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. He's been transferred over from the uh, under-23s of the Monday team to the, uh, the, the the main squad. I'm with the big guys now. <laughs> the, I'm with the big guys. You are. And the big guys being Bob Holmes. Yeah, I mean, with the seniors, I think. That's how you describe it, surely. Uh, uh, speak for yourself, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Legends. Legends. Legends and Gogolin. Uh, uh, it's great to be back in the studio again. And welcome, Azran. It's good to do a show with you finally in real life. Thank you. Yes. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we actually all actually exist in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Not just... It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So let's start with the Europa Conference League final. I have to say, I have been a little bit dismissive of the Conference League over the years. To put it mildly. <laughs> well, there's only so much football a person can take. But I was persuaded. I've been persuaded, actually not by a West Ham fan, but by another a fan of another team. They sent a tweet saying that he was just green with envy, looking at West Ham fans going off to Prague and winning, well, potentially at that point, winning something when his team... It's for the second-ranked teams, really. Speaking of which, then, Gogolin, Aston Villa fan. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, what, what, what did you make of um, well, the final, but also the achievement for David Moyes and West Ham? Well, I, I, you, I've said my piece on the Europa Conference League final. I think it was made up by you for to just make more money for teams and, you know, more games being put on. It's, it's uh, I, I don't know how many games they play during the season, but they play loads of games and it affected it affects your league position. As you can show, the West Ham's league position. The European Conference League winners who just barely escaped relegation. So that speaks... But wasn't the that the plan? Was that the plan, though? It can't be the plan, you know. I mean, again, it went, if you win it, yes, it comes out looking rosy and, you know, you've got a European Cup and all that. And I'm speaking as a fan. I have this... Uh, we are amongst the Villa fans, I'm one who's not a big fan of being in Europe because I think we still need to consolidate our position in the league. And, you know, we did well to get seventh. And Europe, yes, we haven't been in Europe in God knows how long. But it's, I guess it's, for me, I still think that it will take a toll unless we start building on a squad. And trust me, we have a really small squad. Emery didn't build on his squad during when he came in. He had only one player and we... We didn't have, thankfully didn't have that many injuries and we, we got seventh. Yeah, A, a is... Uh... Aston Villa is A, and that was in the last show, so we're not talking Villa. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm just giving a background to my Conference League uh, disdain. But again, oh, okay. it's, good, it's good to be in the Europe for, I guess, you get to attract players and all that. But I'm stating my uh, uh, objection to being in the European right, Conference well, you, League. You've convinced me. I hate the European Conference <laughs> League. Hey, Bob, the match. How was the match? Uh, well, the match wasn't great, to be honest. Um, I think we really saw was the or remember is the climax 
and the scenes afterwards. And I, I totally disagree with you two guys. Um, <laughs> I think you've only got to see what it meant to the players, the West Ham players, the manager, David Moyes, a thousand games more he has managed in. And he's finally won a trophy. And the fans, they took... Uh, only 5,000, I think, were allowed in because it was a tiny ground. But, 20, but they took 20,000 just to be there in Prague. Well, it's a nice nice place to go anyway. Um, but it meant the world to West Ham. This is their first European trophy for 58 years. And you could see the joy. This is why clubs get support. Clubs that don't win day in, day out... They get this support because they've got a sniff of a chance, and this time they did it. Okay, well, I, I'm now persuaded by Bob's argument. So. <laughs> well, West Ham's always got good support, you know, the, over the years. You know, again, that support is never going to be ending anytime soon. No, I'm talking soon. generally, generally. Why, why fans support clubs that of are course, not Of course, of course. Because we all win. want to win trophies and all that. I'm mm. just saying it doesn't add up. I'm with Bob on this, though, because although I understand Gogolin's point of view where it's true, UEFA wants a bit more money into their coffers by organising another competition, but this allows at least clubs, non-Manchester City, non-Manchester United, clubs in England to win a trophy. It was really, really a fine line between a very, very successful season for West Ham and a very, very horrible season. I mean, we were talking about David Moyes losing his job if he didn't win the Conference League. And now, because they've won for the first time in 50 years, he's like a hero, an absolute hero, I'm sure. Sooner or later, they'll have a statue of him somewhere. <laughs> Do you think counts. so, though? I mean, he, he this is the first silverware he's ever won. And that you, as you were saying, that there was talk about him being kicked out. Is it out. the first silverware he's ever won? I, that's what I've been yes. hearing. Oh. Yes, yeah. after so many yeah. years, that's yeah. what he was saying. I mean, he gave his medal away to his dad, dad and that's yeah, how much that it yeah. meant for him. And I think those were great scenes and we saw how it meant for uh, Declan Rice, for Jared Bowen, Jared Bowen coming from Hereford United all the way to West Ham and winning a European trophy. It's yeah. fantastic. Okay, uh, Declan Rice, um, he's definitely going, isn't he? He must yes. be. They've, give, they've given him permission to go. The owners have said that they've offered him 200k a week and he said no and you know he said he'll stay until the end of the season. They've got a European trophy, so I think he's leaving on a high. So where? Where? Well, I think he's going to Arsenal. I personally think he's going to Arsenal because it's also a London club and I think he wants to stay in the capital. But, you know, there's an outside interest for United. Uh, and Bob, actually, is Declan Rice any good? Uh, yes, I think he is very, very good, uh, world class. In fact, right. um, because he's uh, a defensive midfielder, he doesn't get the, uh, you know, the glory that um, most, let's say, forwards do, uh, goalkeepers occasionally, for example. Um, it's a sort of an unsung role, but a very important role, and he's made a big difference uh, to the England team since he's been in it. He solved that problem for. Gareth Southgate. Uh, he's a possible future England captain. I mean, he's a young guy still, 24. Um, and, and he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he comes over as a, as yeah. a pretty nice guy. Um, I mean, yes, I think he would be a great buy for Arsenal, actually, or anybody for that matter. Yeah. I don't think 90 million these days is too outrageous. I mean, Well, you've got the course, English player tax. It, of course it is outrageous. Mm. I mean, we know all that. But, you know, you have to live with it. If you're going to buy top-class players, you've got to mm. pay in that sort market, of money. In that, in that category, yeah, he stands out. 
Declan yeah. Rice. I mean, well, as, as Calvin Phillips cooling well, his heels. I, I have uh, I have uh, got the timings wrong, and I completely forgot the Champions League final. So we'll do that after the break. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back in a moment, here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks BFM eighty nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back with uh, myself and Goglin and Bob and Asran. And now, uh, it's quite an important match, but I completely forgot it just now. It's called the Champions League final. I mean, because, you know, for me, it's just the Europa Conference League. That's all there is these days. <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously, it's, it's Manchester City versus uh, Inter Milan. And Asran... Uh, at the beginning of the season, we were thinking perhaps Liverpool could, be, Liverpool could be in for a shout with this one, but it's not. Man City, is there any chance that Inter Milan can beat Manchester City? Well, that's a tough one. No? On current form, Manchester City looks to be a juggernaut, really banging down every single opposition that is in their way. However, I was reflecting a bit, talking with my peers from the under-23s, Sean and whatnot. <laughs> I think Sean was talking about how great Napoli was. But when I was looking at the final table of the Serie A, Inter wasn't that far behind, really. I mean, they were third, but they were the second highest scorers, third best defence in the Serie A. And in a year where the Serie A is really giving uh, a participant in every single Europa competition, mm. this would be their final chance because Roma unfortunately lost, as well as Fiorentina. So if there was ever a team that could stop the City juggernaut, it would be a team that's used to playing solid defensive football, but yet still quick on the counter that can kill off City. So... If Inter was to win, they really have to ensure that they are able to endure the passes of Manchester City, how City will probably bore them to death for the first 65 minutes, passing the ball around them, and get a quick counter through Lautaro Martinez or Nicola Barella or one of the quick players that they've got and uh, score one goal and defend again, uh, similar to the Italian teams that we've seen in the past, right? The Catenaccio, that's how they, how, they, how they played it. So... But how likely do you think that is? It's tough, but that's probably what we'll see on Saturday. Uh, I Again, personally, I would like somebody else besides Manchester City to win. For yeah, but come on, they've never, they never won it. They've never won it. Yeah, that's, why, that's why, because they've won everything this season. Well, so as a Liverpool fan, I understand something why. Something else, something else besides City. But yeah, it's, it's tough, but... If there was ever a team, it's going to be Inter. Right, actually, remind me, how many, how many times has Inter won this? Oh, they've three, won a bit. Three they've times. won three times. Three times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so therefore, plucky Manchester City uh, must be the underdogs. And I, I don't know what their wage bill is compared to Inter's. Bob, do you, do you see, do you see uh, Azran's scenario playing out? Um, I think they've got a chance, actually. Um, I'm not going to go the way I did with the FA Cup final, yeah, yeah. saying that Man United were going to win it. Um, I think City will win this, but I wouldn't write off uh, Inter Milan, um, as Azran said. I mean, they're not mugs. Uh, they came third in the table. They won two cups. They're actually after a treble. They won the uh, Coppa Italia and the, and the Super Cup. Um, and they've got some players who are actually quite familiar to Premier League watchers, aren't they? they I mean... It, well, Eden, let's just stay, say with um, Eden Dzeko, mm. 37 years old, and he's still banging them in. And he, of course, was an immortal for Man City, scoring the equalising goal before the unforgettable Aguero goal. 
So he, uh, he has history with, with City. They'll be surprised that he's still there at 37. So it does show that there is a, a, a huge golfing class between the teams, so the fact that they've got somebody 37 years old leading the line. Um, but, but he doesn't uh, start, though, does he? Well, he, he plays a fair bit. He, he, he doesn't always start. He sometimes starts. I think he probably won't but, start. But speaking of starting, I mean, the, the Man City bench is... Exactly, uh, exactly. That's why you've got to go with, with City. And I think the only way... is if, if City don't win, it'll be Pep that gets the blame. He's bound to, bound to. You know, it'll be another case of overthinking. Inter won't get the credit. If City lose, it'll all about all be about City losing and Pep mucking up. Right. But I think he he's surely learnt his lesson by now. He, he seems to have so far, Goglin. But uh, are you on board with uh, Azran and Bob's prediction that uh, Manchester City are going to lose? Well, I think Azran <laughs> thinks that's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think uh, is it two years ago when they played in the final against Chelsea? Was it two years? Two ago? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So we are, we sat in the this same studio and we spoke about you know Chelsea City being. Odds on favourites then too, you know, Tuchel was just getting his team together at that time and, you know, and uh, look what happened, you know. It, he, again, we've, I've sat here and said this so many times that the only team that can beat City in finals is City. And Pep overthinks things all the time and I, I read an interview recently where he admitted he, he made a mistake putting Sterling on in that final and, you know. He has learned his lesson, but, you know, this game is overwhelmingly everybody's, like, banking City to win. So, I, you know, Azran has a point. Inter are famous for that that steeliness, that catenaccio that goes through every Italian team when needed. You know, I, they have they've thrown that away over the years where you've seen the teams, you know, play some expansive football. But Italian teams are a different breed when it comes to cup finals. So I don't think everything will go their way, but it will be a sneaky, it will be a tight one, but it's about time Pep's crowned. So I think that means that City are going to score a goal in the first 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then get a penalty, pity penalty against yeah. them. <laughs> so there you go. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could lose it. it would, but it would be the biggest upset. Like, It would be a really big upset in terms of world football right now. Because the way City are playing, they're playing some really good football. Pep has shown that he, is, he knows his team. He hasn't tinkered as much. That same team has been playing in every uh, important game. He rested those players after they won the league. So I think he knows his team out. He's not going to tinker that much. And okay. he has a plan B. Okay. So, uh, guys, the, the football season is about to come to an end. And I don't know if you people remember, and, and if you remember out there in, in Radio Land, uh, earlier in the season, about the month of November, there was a World Cup. I can barely remember it myself. <laughs> but it did happen. There's videotape evidence. So I want to take us back... Uh, on a trip down memory lane, I wanted to review um, the World Cup. And, and I want to ask you, Bob, because I think you have been... Uh, your mind was changed by the World Cup. I think... I, I certainly was thinking, a World Cup in the middle of the season? That's ridiculous. And yet, it, it kind of worked out. And, and, and I don't think I've seen any repercussions subsequently, like players with their legs just suddenly breaking beneath them from being overplayed. No, absolutely right. Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean that it should be uh, should have been there <laughs> and all that. Yeah. But they got away with it, and football itself, everybody got away with it. And you could even argue that it may have enhanced uh, both the World Cup and the season because players went into the World Cup 
battle-ready, match-fit. They weren't going into it from their summer holidays, as they usually are. And when they came out of it, they weren't that knackered either. They were, they were still obviously match-fit and battle-ready. So the standard of both the World Cup and the season was very high. I mean, it was one of the great World Cups, and it was a great season. So we can't argue. That doesn't mean we should always have a World Cup in a remote desert country <laughs> in the middle of the season every year. But, but, but that's but what's going to happen. They pulled it off. Saudi no, Arabia just okay. bought golf. <laughs> no, let's not even go there. Des is probably fuming. So, but that's the point. The reason they, they had it in the middle of the season is that every World Cup players that over play all these games, you know, European games, league games and all that, and then they come to the World Cup where they're naked, right? But we don't see that because these players are... We don't see that level. But then when the, play, the World Cup is held in the middle of the season and we see the quality of football, we understand now there's a, there was a comparison. We never had that comparison because always the World Cups were in the summer. So it's always that. We only had that. And now we see the reason, the quality of football we saw. And we saw some really good football, right? This was the best World Cup. But there were so many factors. Like, like again, like that's it. They, every, all the stadiums were stone throw away from each other. P- players, fans and everything. And there was yeah. no alcohol allowed and all this stuff contributed to a great World Cup. I don't think we say stone throw in uh, the Middle East too much. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Azran, OK, yep. let's, let's, let's do this rapid fire round now. I'm going to ask you, who for you was the top team of the World Cup? I mean, obviously Argentina won. I mean, yep. you could choose them, but uh, it could be revelations. For me, it's a, a coin flip of the finalists. Argentina and France were by far the best two teams in the World Cup. And they proved it when they had difficult opposition in the knockout rounds and they still went through. Clearly, uh, they were a class above. So, And the final itself, even though it was underwhelming initially, it turned out the last 16... The first, the first, the first half 30 was, minutes, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And then the last 90 minutes after that became arguably one of the best, best World finals, Cup finals yeah. ever. Yeah. In my I, living memory. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I went to bed. <laughs> Get him off air. At the end of the first half. So back to your question, Cam. So maybe I won't choose the top team, but I'll choose probably the top performance. I would say Kylian Mbappe's performance in the final because he single-handedly brought France back into where they were because Messi was on a run he was after the first game debacled where they lost against Saudi Messi was then slowly but surely bringing this again I can use the word juggernaut again of Argentina through but France were the first 30 minutes they were underwhelming probably they were overwrought with the whole situation and then Bappi turned up and scored a hat-trick Unfortunately, he lost the and first still place. Lost. Yeah, still, still lost, lost. unfortunately. Yeah. That was the quality of the final. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gogol and Azran's used up all the uh, the natural choices. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, well, well, it goes back to what I said before the World Cup started, and I predicted who was going to win it. You did. Actually, Gogol predicted it like a year ago. Uh, and I said, this is Argentina's year. Yeah. But you get nothing for yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> even... But yes, my, it, was a, it was a seminal moment. I've been following Argentina since those eight, the years of 82. You know, I've been a big fan of Diego and, you know, the Mundo Abuste. And to see, watch it with my son and watch that final was a, was, was a memory I'll always take. Yeah. And uh, so you're, if I ask you the same questions, then top team would be for you? Argentina, definitely. Yeah. And I didn't actually ask Azram, but I think we're... Well, he mentioned, he yeah, said, he, did, he, did, he, did, he yeah. said with um, Kylian Mbappe, but the star of the show? Star of the show, it's definitely Messi just crowned himself as the uh-huh. goat, the greatest oh. of all time with that. He's literally won everything and 
It was scripted in a way. So you and you and if I ask you the match of this World Cup, yeah, both the, of you are going to choose the final. Well, for me, it was a final, definitely. The way the way the, the final came to life. I haven't seen a final. Finals are always a dead rubber for me. You know, they never lived up. The '98 was a good one with France, but this is the closest thing it's come to. Okay. Well, anyway, actually, '82 was quite good too. Bob, mm. uh, they've chosen all the really obvious ones. Uh, Got to choose something a, a little bit more. Uh, one of the underdogs. No, uh, I've, <laughs> I've got to go with that. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was a fantastic final in the end. Pro- probably, arguably, the best ever. Yeah. Um, the first half <laughs> was probably the worst ever, and I can quite understand why you went to bed. Ken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, not from an Argentina you, fan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Messi. I mean, it's it's all it's all there. Obvious. I don't think there's any crime in in stating the obvious here. I mean, you can't you can't really go against uh, Argentina. You can't go against Messi or Mbappe. Um, I mean, they they uh, stole the show, didn't they? It, it was fabulous entertainment, a, a tremendous uh, climax to a, a great tournament. Um, and no one else came really within in anywhere near them. So I, I'm afraid you can't um, you can't come up with with any. Uh, okay, but uh, there were underdog some, stories. Yeah, uh, okay, give me an underdog Morocco. Team. Okay, Morocco. Yeah. They were the underdogs of the tournament, but I mean, they didn't. Uh, they didn't make it to the but, final. But they got it. They got. They, mean, got, they got. They yeah. got the they semi-final. Didn't they? That's not bad. Top, yeah, Morocco. Top four teams Morocco. In the world. So yeah. this this World Cup had had everything, didn't it? It had it had a great final, the best two teams in the final. It had the story of Messi, and it had an underdog story as well. So I mean, it really ticked all the boxes. Well, as we uh, come to close out part two, Azran, uh, Lionel Messi, uh, we've heard now he's going to go to Inter Miami, uh, not to Saudi Arabia. And also, I was really, fingers crossed, I was like, please go to Newcastle and destroy their their well-planned future. <laughs> Didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, so he'll be there. Well, Messi go to Newcastle and destroy them. Well, yeah, no, because it would be like the glamorous, you know, the finally, the richest oh, club okay, in the world, okay. the glamour purchase. Uh, I don't go think crazy. he'll put his reputation at risk yeah. at that age. Uh, and I don't he's... think his family want to move to Newcastle. Exactly. <laughs> it's very beautiful up there. Yeah, I've heard, yes. Well, he January. likes the beach, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and it's near Hadrian's Wall. So imagine that, time. it's between Barcelona, Miami, or... Newcastle. <laughs> mm, tough one. Tough then. one. Tough one for the family. It's the only sure. one that's on time. So, uh, Azran, the yeah, good choice for... I think a lot of romantics wanted to see him return to Barcelona because of the way that relationship ended uh, abruptly because of financial issues that Barcelona was having. So I think a number of fans, especially those with affiliation to the Blograna, um, wanted Messi to return. But finally, I think he decided to probably give his body a rest in preparation for the World Cup. I think that's his sort of his one song. He wants to play the World Cup captain, Argentina, defending the title in the World Cup that's going to be held in the States. So this gives his family a bit of a sort of a settling down period, adjustment period, be in the States for a while. Because he himself mentioned, one day I will retire and live in Barcelona. But, but how old will he be next World Cup? 38? No, 36 yeah, uh, what is he now? Uh, yes. Thirty. Well, his birthday's coming up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think it's um, he's thirty-seven. I think coming so, up so to thirty-seven. I thought he was going to be something like thirty-eight. Oh, yeah. hmm. Next World Cup. Next World Cup. Well, it's th- he'll be oh, forty. Then, won't he? It sounds like forty. He's going to be forty. No, 30, 30, I think he's, he's said, thirty-five. He's thirty-five right. now. Okay. So he's I think he he uh, wanted to go to the states and and all that, but it, his eyes are on the Copa America mm. in twenty twenty-four. Mm. The, I think the World Cup, I mean, he could change his mind, 
but Bloody I think the World before. Cup would be a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, two two more years at forty. I mean, forty years. But probably old. playing in the MLS allows you to extend your ex- your 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 um, physicality. May, maybe to a certain just, extent. I don't know. I mean, well, they, there's, there's a rumor going around that the, uh, Inter might loan him back to Barcelona. Uh, and, you know, because go, that that passes the whole financial. And Goglan, we're not on Zoom this time, but normally you sit underneath your Barcelona shirt on the wall. <laughs> Would you like to see that happen? Of course, he, that's his uh, spiritual ground. You know, again, he, he, I thought out again. I was hoping he goes goes back to Barcelona, but he's come out and said that you know certain players will have to take pay cuts and all that, and I don't think he could take that. You know, take that away from them. So he decided on Miami, but I heard there's a loophole where the Miami could loan him back to Barcelona and bypass all this. Yeah. Because you could see Busquets and uh, Alba sort of gave way yeah. in preparation of Messi returning. Messi, that's that's reason, how yeah. big he is yes. to Barcelona. So maybe you'll see all three of them playing in for Inter Miami instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we're going to uh, close up this part. But I'm going to do a very f- quick question: um, Who's the greater player, Maradona or Lionel Messi? Goglin. Maradona. Bob. Maradona. Asran. Messi, I'll be someone against the threat. <laughs> Messi. Okay. All right. You see, we got variety there for you, Cam. Yeah, because yeah, he, he's from the under-23. <laughs> you, know, he never saw Maradona. Do you, know, you know who we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about the singer? <laughs> okay. Ever heard of Pele? All right. All right. So that's, that's enough, Bob. We're going to go back to... Um, uh, uh, I was going to say um, Stanley Matthews. So um, <laughs> we, we take a break. In a moment, we'll come back and we'll be looking at um, a review of the Premier League teams and their seasons here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Just for Kicks with Goglin, Bob Holmes and Azran Rosane. And now we continue our uh, look back at the seasons of the various clubs of the English Premier League. We did A to what's, L. L. Is it what, what, West was, Home. what was before Liverpool? Luton? Leicester. What? Oh, Leicester. So uh, Aston Villa to Leicester, and now and actually AFC Bournemouth. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and now we go to uh, Asran, Liverpool. How was their season? I think the last game of the season encapsulates how Liverpool season went. Started off okay. We won the Charity Shield, by the way. We beat Manchester City, one of the few to be able to challenge Manchester City at the start. But unfortunately, after that, I'm not so sure. Uh, uh, um, a, a series of things happened. A series of unfortunate incidents, as I can put it. So, obviously, there was a bit of the um, hangover from last year's exploits where Liverpool played every single game possible. So, players were a bit tired. And fortunately, the player that was brought in in Darwin Nunes got an unfortunate or I would say ridiculous or stupid red card at the start. So that disrupted a bit on Liverpool's form. So, but Liverpool did pick up uh, the final 10 games of the season. And I think back to if you were to ask me what's the high point of the season for Liverpool, obviously the easy thing to say is the 7-0 against United or the big, big, huge scores that we've had against Rangers or against Bournemouth. But I would say the high point is actually for me is the last 10 games because Finally, because Jurgen Klopp, I, I'm not here to defend or berate him. I'm neither of that, but we know that he is successful because he is also very, very stubborn. And he was, he really wanted to keep his way of football, the same formation with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold playing right back. Because I think there was a question that was raised to him and he was 
really dismissing Trent playing anywhere else but right back. But towards the end, I think he found a nice, delicate, perfect balance where Trent could use his creativity, played more in the midfield. So for me, the high point is actually the last 10 games of the season where, if you remember, in January, Liverpool were, what, 10th and way far away from any European qualification. And finally, we were we actually gave United and Newcastle a run for their money. They had to look behind the shoulder no, for to, to, to at Liverpool so for me that's a high point because that gives me a, or Liverpool fans very good indication of what to expect next year mm-hmm. that we're not done yet there's still there's still and obviously the signing of Alexis McAllister has just rejuvenated our our spirits now. Right. So. so you reckon like to, uh, top 6 is nailed on then next season Top four. Oh, I'm sorry. Top four. Top four. Okay. Nailed on. We'll challenge for the title this time around, especially with Champions League out of the equation. We'll be able to not really, don't really have to focus on the Europa League. Allow the Europa League as a breeding yeah. ground for younger okay. players. And uh, well, top okay. four. Nothing so, less than that. All right. So, uh, Gogolin, I'm going to ask you uh, to think about Manchester United. Oh, I think they had a great season comparatively with a new manager coming in. You're finishing third with a trophy, you know, Champions League spot, and you out muscle Liverpool. <laughs> for it, so I think it, it's a, it's a win for every United fan. They they have a lot to look forward to. I, I I've heard rumors that they haven't got money to spend, so that might be a big thing. Eric Ten Hag has been fighting with the board and all that for some big money signings, which are apparently not there. But this could be just media fodder. But based on what they did last season, I think you, they've got to trust the manager. They've got a manager who knows what he's doing, who's who's got a good style of football. They've got great players as long as they are not injured half the time. And if they add one or two more tweaks, if Harry Kane comes, I think it will be a different story. Uh-huh. Do you yeah, think so they're going to challenge for the title? They like? should. They should t- be challenging for the title. So I think the, uh, Liverpool, United, and all are going to be in the mix next season. Okay. Well, uh, I have two. Two. Te- uh, me. I have two teams to uh, consider. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Yeah. It's not German teams, though. Right? No, no, no. And uh, or made-up German teams, which is my speciality. <laughs> um, Newcastle United. What a season they've had. They came in fourth at the end, and I, I don't think any of us had that down at the beginning of the season. Um, but Eddie Howe, what a remarkable job he's done. He must be good at what he does. <laughs> but I think the next season will be the real test. Is he really good at it? Um, with a, a squad of not the kind of names you'd really put with the likes of the teams around them, quite frankly. But Alexander Isak is very good. But if he's your star player, then that's quite an incredible achievement. Uh, assist of the season, I would say, by the way. And uh, when he went down the byline. Yes, we know. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I, I, I'm actually really intrigued to see what will happen next season. The world's richest football club, they didn't go in for Lionel Messi. I, I, I really thought they would. Or, or be cloning uh, Pele or something like that. No, they're not doing that. They should be cloning Mbappe. Uh, yeah, or, do you think they, they wouldn't? They can't. No. <laughs> um, so... It, it's been an incredible season, and I look forward to actually seeing what they, they do next season. So, uh, Bob, now the big one. The, the big one, the one we've all been waiting for. You always say that. <laughs> this, though, Nottingham Forest. Well, if you'd said at the start of the season that uh, Forest would survive, I would have taken it. I would have been very, very happy. I wasn't uh, too confident that they would do it. Um, they bought uh, 29 players, as everyone knows. And that presented Steve Cooper with a massive problem. How do you integrate uh, those players into a side and have anything resembling team spirit? But he managed to do it. And I think uh, if, if it wasn't for Pep Guardiola and possibly Eddie Howe, Steve Cooper would be one of the contenders for the manager of the season 
because he, he was incredible. And Forrest actually had, and I'm, I'm taking this from other people, more spirit than most teams. And, you know, they didn't have the best players, certainly not. But they managed to stay up, and I think that you've, you've really got to give that to the manager. They but did discover a couple of uh, players, uh, unknown names, Danilo, a Brazilian, and uh, Awoni, who was, well, known to Liverpool, I think that's about all, wasn't he? Um, but he, he, uh, his goals at the end of the season kept Forrest up, and they even survived losing... Henderson, the goalkeeper, the Manchester United keeper that was on loan and did very well, um, he was out for the season. They managed to get Kayla Navas. But but what, what he we, kept us up next season though. Next season, same uh, same again. They're buying fifty players. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, they're not different. Different policy altogether. They, they're going to um, keep the ones they got. They're going to no go for more quality, less quantity. Uh, I think I think they want to build on this slightly. You know, mid-table uh, would be it. Yeah. Mid, you're very happy to be sort of even lower mid-table. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Goglin, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, they were a great new manager. And uh, what, Angelo, what, Angelo Postecoglou. I am so on the Ange bus. I mean, I've read his stats. I've, I was reading his articles on The Athletic on all his tactics. And I think that's what Spurs need. They need a complete rebuild. And I think, I, I know I'm, I don't have much time, but... They need a complete rebuild and they should start with selling Harry Kane, taking that money and start building mm. a proper Spurs side with and backing Angie to the full. Yeah. Uh, on Monday show, by the way, we've got uh, Giancarlo, Jeff, Jeff, Gigi, 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 who is uh, Australian and used to play at Spurs. So he's going to tell us more about Ange. So, because um, I just call him Ange. Yeah, it? first yeah. name basis. First name. Um, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, final break. And when we come back, we'll finish off the uh, the roster of teams, the W's, here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the final part of the final Friday show of Just for Kicks for this season. And uh, we have Gogolin, Bob and Azran. And now, Azran, uh, we finish with the W's. West Ham. Yeah, so West Ham. We spoke about how they won the Europa Conference League. And there was, I think we mentioned about the fact that there's a very fine line for West Ham. It was a season that could have been ultra dreadful. They, well, they beat the drop about a month, uh, in the final month of the season. Uh, but it turned out to be a fantastic, fantastic season. The first uh, European title after 50 years. Uh, unfortunately for Fiorentina, it was the other way around. They lost two finals. So winning a European Cup, that's why, I, again, I, that's why I would agree with our first notion just now, why the Europa Conference League is important. Because it gives clubs like West Ham a fantastic, fantastic setting of footing to, to win something and a great week out for their fans in Prague, in Europe. And yeah, it was a fantastic season, full stop. So uh, I think uh, what David Moyes will do from here is try to build. And obviously, they've got a bit of rebuild to do with the expected departure of Declan Rice. Um, but let's see. I think next year, being in the Europa League, they'll be able to attract some names, hopefully with a bit of money. If with good investment out of the money that they're expected to get, uh, I see it to be a, a good season for SM next year as well. Do you really see David Moyes lasting the whole season? I don't. I don't. Do, do you think? Do, do I mean? I see. Like like when um, uh, Ranieri got booted out after Leicester had won the won the, the league, and the next, it's, it, I can't quite see it. Also, the way he was dancing at the end in the dressing room, 
It's like the last dance. <laughs> no, but it was like wiggling his backside. I mean, yeah, how he's can been he... watching my, too much Ted Lasso, mate. Yeah, but uh, he, how can he look the players in the eye after that? <laughs> so, um, so uh, Wolf, Wolverhampton Wanderers, this is me, I'm doing Wolves. And um, I have to say, not for one moment in the entire season did I think of Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I defy anyone here. Did you, any of you ever think about Wolverhampton Wanderers during the season? Oh, I did. They're, they're the Midland rivals. Yeah, well, okay, so... You Only when we bleat them, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. <That's the> <laughs> yeah, and but, I mean, I guess you could you could count their season as having been a success in that they 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 had a, a flirtation with relegation trouble, but they they got out of that quite quite easily. But um, uh, and they, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what Wolverhampton Wanderers are for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still on Wolves, mate? I thought you were supposed to do a review of the season. I am. I am doing a review of the season of their season. Not their club. Okay. I mean, I like Huang. I think he's quite good. But no, I see. I don't understand. I, except as as a business model, as a shop front for players for an agent, um, I, I don't really understand what Wolves are supposed to do. And I I don't think they're going to go on to anywhere. But I don't think they're going to go back anywhere. But either. you have to understand. At one point, uh, Spurs poached their manager. That's how good they were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Espiritu yeah. Santos. Santos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. Well, they've got a good manager now. Yeah. yeah. Lopetegui. Yeah. Well, everything, after, everything I just said, they'll be the runaway winners of the league next season. <laughs> Get your money on them now. <laughs> okay. So that's Wolves done. And Bob, we finish with you because we've saved the best for last. And it's, well, well Manchester City, what, I think they were different this season. And do you think they were different? Yes, I think they were different. They uh, adapted to Haaland. I, I think he adapted the, to them as well. But uh, they did change their style quite a bit. When you look at the previous season, and there was a lot more uh, tippy tappy passing, and uh, they didn't because they didn't have a number nine. This season they had one, uh, a man, you know, an absolute man mountain. Um, number nine on steroids. I think he, um, you know, he. If we're jumping the gun here, he'd be my player of the season. I think he was absolutely sensational. He tapered off a little bit towards the end, but to score thirty-six goals in your first season in the Premier League, coming from the Bundesliga like that as a as a young player, is phenomenal. It's never been done. No one's ever come anywhere near it. Um, I don't know. I still, he, got, I still got my doubts. I still so, got my doubts. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, I can see when you compare him, when you see the videos, say, with someone like Mbappe, well, his touch is nowhere near as good as Mbappe's. His pace is not even as, he's not even as fast as Mbappe. Um, his, uh, his right foot isn't that great. You know, he's got a few faults, but... Overall, he still scored 36 goals. And I think that knack of his being in the right place at the right time, that instinct, that poacher's instinct, as well as his pace and power, are the, uh, what's got him where he, where he is. And yet, do you imagine him actually scoring in the Champions League final? I do not. I can see him scoring, yeah. I think he's due mm. one, actually. He hasn't scored for a couple of games. Exactly. Yeah. He hasn't played for a couple of games. Uh, played in the final, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Cup final. Yeah. It's been yeah. anonymous. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I, I, no, start, I, it's City. Yeah. But you've got to mention, you've got to mention the 115 charges. Yeah, you've got you to please, mention that. Well, please do. What, what, yeah, what I mean, mean, we're giving them all the accolades in the world here. Yes, on the field, they're they're great to watch and everything. But uh, 
they've got 115 charges hanging over them. And I wouldn't like to be the Premier League or whoever is going to decide on what to do about it. Because it's going to mess up football, isn't it? Can you, so can you give an example of what are, well, what are you the charges? Can't, well, um, infringing financial fair play regulations the biggest one, one of in the biggest many, one. many ways. The biggest one is the money thing, the FFP. Yeah, in many, many ways. And not cooperating, and being deliberately evasive, all sorts of things. I mean, they're, they're actually hated by the other 19 clubs in, yeah. in the league. And, they, and City have complained. They're ganging up on us. Yeah, they are, but deservedly. Gosh, I wonder if this season could get taken away from them later on. Well, it can't, can it? I mean, that, no, but point, that, point, retrospective point. I, th- I don't think they can do that. It'll, 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 it'll make a Rangers, mockery of it. No, I think they've got, to, they've got to dock them points in a future season. Right. I think it's the only way they can do it. Yeah. But, but it's unfortunate because they always put an asterisk on Guardiola's achievements. Because I think as a manager, well, he overthinks, but he's managed yeah. really, really well with good players playing very, very well. But yet people are talking about the 115 charges again. Because it's true, again, how they got there is... Something that's questionable for yeah. the rest of us. Okay, so I'm going to go for a rapid fire round now. We're going to ask uh, you in turn, uh, Goglan. I want to know for you the player of the season. Oh, definitely Erling Haaland was what he's brought to the Premier League. You know, I mean, I think he's been doing this day in day out at the Bundesliga, but what he's brought to the Premier League is something else. Okay, Bob. Yeah, Haaland, absolutely. Yeah, no, no contender, no, no challenger. Azran. I've got to go with anyone from the city's spine. It can be Haaland, it can be De Bruyne, it can be Ruben Diaz, it can be Edison. That spine from City, that's they've been absolutely immense this season. Okay. And Rodri. Let's not forget about Rodri. Yeah, He's Rodri, been yeah. amazing. Okay. Um I'll say um I'll say uh Ollie Watkins. <laughs> Ollie Watkins. I'd say Ollie Watkins. Exactly. I would say Ollie Watkins, thank you. I think he's been a revelation. Uh all right. Uh, manager of the season, Goglin. Manager of the season, I got to give it to Eddie Howe. Okay. All right. Uh, I know Unai Emery pushed him close, but I, we've always talked about Eddie Howe, when he, even when he was in Bournemouth. And, you know, I always said he, he did his thing. And what he's done with the squad is done and not even sp- splash the cash. Remarkable. Champions League place, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, Bob. Pep has to be Pep. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I know it's boring, but he, he's the best. They're the best, you know. You can't deny that, you know, just for the sake of, uh, you know, wanting an argument or something. But, but OK, know. all right. All right. Manager of the season on a reduced budget. Oh, Steve Cooper. OK. <laughs> Unai Emery then. <laughs> I, think, I think Unai Emery. Uh, Azran? Uh, Graham Potter. Kidding. <laughs> His replacement, not kidding. Roberto De Zerbi uh, yeah. for yeah. Yeah. giving us Alexis McAllister. Well, I thought you were going to say Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, for me, it's got to be De Zerbi. Uh, he's taken over and brought Brighton to nearly. Remember we spoke mm. about how Brighton should come down and not challenge the... You spoke about that. <laughs> challenge the aristocracy <laughs> of the Premier League. But yeah. they did very well. They're in Europe for the first time ever. So I've got to say De Zerbi. Okay. Deservingly De Zerbi. Okay, oh, sorry. I, I cannot remember this far back, but match of the season, Gogan. Uh, United seven nil. Uh, Liverpool seven nil. Yeah, sorry, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool United seven nil. Uh, uh, Only because of the the reverberations around that scoreline that was felt for months. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, by the time I get to you, Azran, you have to choose a different match. Okay, uh, Bob Holmes. Uh, what? Match of the match. season. Oh, I was looking at goal. 
Uh, goal of the season was Forrest's Chris Wood against Manchester City. 26 passes. I thought, yeah, yeah. An unlikely score over goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a match then? A match? Um, I can't remember myself. I, I'd go for Liverpool beating United 7 0. I'll go. I'll run. I, I won't choose that then. <laughs> uh, Liverpool beating Spurs 4 3. I was lucky enough to be there and it was a fantastic game. Uh, atmosphere was brilliant. The game, I mean, we should have wrapped it up early, but that's Liverpool season for you. And after Richarlison celebrated uh, prematurely, it was great to see Jota coming up to score in the 94th minute. So 4-3 Liverpool to against Spurs. Okay. I have a few more questions for you in a moment. But first of all, before we get there, uh, change of pace. We're going to come uh, much closer to home, uh, the local game. Asran, I want to ask you, as, has anything been happening and has anyone beaten JDT yet? <laughs> so we're actually right at the halfway point of the season. Nobody's beaten JDT. In fact, they've scored 51 goals and conceded only one. <laughs> they've won every single game. So basically, they've beaten... Every, I wasn't going to say beaten every single team. They've annihilated every single team possible. Imagine that. 51 goals against the 13 teams. But there's one team they only beat 1-0, right? <laughs> that was like the high point. No, that. That was, uh, yeah, <laughs> Police that, or something. But right? that wasn't in the league, though. Oh, that was the that cup, wasn't yeah, in yeah, the yeah, cup. cup yeah. So in the league, they've beaten second place, Lango, five, seven. They've beaten everyone. They've rampaged over everyone. So the battle is... Uh, Place for second, so Slango and Kedah is currently there. Slango second, doing very well uh, this time around, and Kedah are close third. I'm happy with how KL City is doing as well. Uh, talking about KL City, the highest we've been in the Super League so far, sixth place, steady, solid, and uh, looking for more. Hopefully, and we've, we're in the semi finals of the FA Cup as well. So. Right. More to come from KL City. Well, we've got JG coming in on Monday, so we'll find out what he has to say. And before we sign off, I want to ask, as I as I say your names, um, th- thank you, everyone, listeners out there, for joining us. We have one more show on Monday, but this is the last time you're going to hear from these fellas. And uh, I'd like to thank you, Goglin. It was a pleasure. A great season. A great season for as a Villa fan also, finally. So, yes, thank you, everyone. I have to say, this is the happiest I've ever seen. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't know he could be happy. <laughs> um, I to, yeah, I also want to ask you, Golden's already answered it. Has this been a great season, Bob Holmes? Generally? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Up, one of the best. There? One yeah. of the best, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, tremendous. I, um, we've had everything. We've had a title race. We've had a race for the top four. We've had a race for the... Uh, the much maligned uh, European Conference League, mm-hmm. which I love uh, now. Yeah, Europa love. League, always have done. A relegation battle, nine clubs involved. Mm. There was never a dull moment. Yep. Well, thank you, Bob Holmes and uh, Azran. Rosane, has this been a good season? I've forgotten about the season already. No, just kidding. It was a good season, but uh, not for Liverpool, unfortunately. The good thing is we have we are looking forward to the next season. First signing is already in in Alexis McAllister, so looking forward to the next season. But Talking about this, it's been fantastic. We've got everything, as what Bob mentioned. I would, I would agree to that. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see a great final uh, on Saturday in the Champions League. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. I won't be watching up. They're saying, <laughs> I, I'm the guy who sat out the World Cup final. Yeah, man, you'll always be that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, will, I did watch the first half. You'll still always be that guy. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, guys. And uh, join us on Monday. Oh, and also our producer, Hanif Baharudin. Who I must say, I didn't recognize because he's lost so much weight. Well done, mate. <laughs> well done. And uh, join us on Monday for the final episode for this season of Just for Kicks here on BFM 89.9. Champions 2022.
more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.